listening to and uh, joining in uh, to the City of Iowa City uh, formal meeting on December 15, 2020. And we're going to begin with roll call, please. Burgess? Here. Mims? Mims? Here. Kelly? Taylor? Here. Teague? Here. Thomas? Here. Weiner? Here. Well, welcome everybody to the City of Iowa City um, meeting again um, on this December 15th. And the first agenda item is going to be um, a proclamation 2A. I did want to make mention that our Mayor Pro Tem is not with us tonight um, um, and wish her well and uh, great health. Um, but we're going to move on to agenda item number 2A. Uh, ambassadors of Wintry Cheer. And this is a proclamation stating, and gotta put this on. All right. So, whereas decorating for the Wintry holiday spreads good cheer during our coldest and darkest months, and whereas when neighbors come together in support of shared cause, the community at large benefits from said actions. And whereas Rita Lynn Court has been recognized as a holiday decorating destination and commonly referred to as Sugar Plum Lane or the Christmas Light Street, and whereas current and former residents of Rita Lane Court have been proponents of good holiday cheer for the better part of the street's 30-year existence, and whereas Rita Lane Court neighbors will, will continue this year and many years into the future to spread good cheer and support for the Iowa City community. And now, there, and now therefore, I, Bruce T., Mayor of Iowa City, do hereby proclaim that the community of Rita Lane Court shall be recognized as ambassadors of a wintry cheer for the city of Iowa City in 2020 and the remaining days of 2020 and into 2021. I encourage all members of our community to spread good cheer, to support your neighbors and the community at large, and to find moments of joy in our great city. But please wear a mask and social distance while doing so. And here to accept this proclamation is, is Phil Sebeck. Welcome. All right. Perfect. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Excellent. Thank you, Mayor, uh, Mayor Teague and council members uh, for this proclamation. I accept it on behalf of all the families of Rita Lynn Court. Each year we try to add more lights and glitz to our displays because we enjoy it and our kids enjoy it. And frankly, we like the attention of the folks who visit our little court. This year we've got a new addition to our displays. Uh, thought we'd have camera on, but uh, You'll notice them if you drive down, there, there are uh, some yard signs that promote and encourage those who enjoy our lights to share a donation with table to table. In late October, when we first began discussing this idea around the block, I, I had hopefully speculated that maybe by partnering with a nonprofit, we could maybe raise a couple hundred bucks. And, um, you know, we're halfway through December and we've eclipsed that expectation four times over. And we've raised enough funds for table to table to rescue over 4,000 pounds of food so far. 
traffic is only picking up to the end of, end of the holiday uh, season here. This generosity by our, of our light keepers showcases the power of community to come together for a shared cause. And it's an honor to witness such a shining example of Iowa nights. As Iowa Cityans are driving down our street, their view is of our twinkly lights and inflatable penguins. But our view is of the goodness and holiday spirit of passersby who are helping to make Sugar Plum Lane into a true, a true winter wonderland. So from our street to yours, we hope our lights help you discover some wintry cheer and we wish happy holidays to all and to all a good night. <laughs> Sound like there's quite a few people there. We should have had the camera on. All right, thank you all and a good wintry cheer to everybody here in the city of Iowa City. All right. We are moving on to items uh, three through eight, which is our consent calendar items. Could I get a motion to approve, please, as amended? So moved, Taylor. Second, Thomas. All right. If anyone from the public would like to address any item within the consent agenda, please raise your hand and I'll call upon you. I also want to um, uh, just uh, make mention that um, if there's an item that's not here, uh, we'll also have um, community comment following this uh, for any item not on the agenda. And if you want to raise your hand, there is a little hand waving button that you press and then press star nine on your phone. Seeing no one, council discussion. Roll call, please. Fergus? Yes. Mims? Yes. Lee? Oh, sorry. Taylor? Yes. Big? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Weiner? Yes. Motion passes six with uh, one absence. <laughs> All right. Item number 10, uh, we're going to go into item number nine, which is a, a time for community comment. And as I just previously mentioned, this is an opportunity for anyone that is not, for any item that is not on our, um, on our agenda at all, that you would like to address the council. If you would like to address uh, at this time, please raise your hand or press star nine on your phone. And um, the first person, it is I... P-R-O-G-Z-1. Please state your first and last name, please. How you doing? My name is Stephen Kieber. Stephen, uh, repeat your last name. Kieber, K-E-E-V-E-R. Thank you. Uh, my question has to do with employment opportunities in Iowa City, Iowa. I know currently that you guys are looking into affordable housing. You're looking into a couple other things, but what are we doing to progress or to be able to utilize the University of Iowa's uh, technical training or schooling to bring it into the community? Because I know in the past couple of years, there's been a large uh, commodity of people leaving our district versus the uh, otherwise. And for the most part, if I, I live in Colorado right now, but I'm an Iowa City resident, uh, planning on moving back because my kid lives there. But um, the issue being is, is there is no larger economic stability there for me at this point. Like it's pretty much university or something within the government in order to be able to stabilize anything. 
So my question is, what are you guys doing to give more skills or to be able to regulate or standardize any of the current jobs to create better opportunities? And I, I, I should have just made mention that council typically uh, do not respond uh, during this time, but we do hear your comment and uh, appreciate you raising that with us and sharing your uh, thoughts on that with us. Um, we do allow three to five minutes. Would you like to continue your time or are you uh, done with your comments for now? Nope, that's fine. It's completely fine. Um, do you know, is there a better time to bring this up? Because this has been a consistent issue my entire life. I've lived in Iowa City for 25 plus years. So, I mean, a lot of my friends are moving out of this city, moving to bigger opportunities, and that's a problem for me. Yeah. Um, I would encourage you to reach out to um, the city direct, um, city manager's office, or to any of the counselors through email or by phone. Thank you for joining us tonight. I'm going to move on to Nicholas. Welcome. Uh, thank you, Mayor and Councilors. Um, I'll have quite a bit to say about the, the annexation later tonight, but I wanted to address something that sort of broadly came up in the work session. Well, not even broadly, there is a specific instance of this. So um, in the past, um, several of you had expressed an interest in the CAHOOTS model in terms of dealing with community relations and how to restructure policing. So I have to say, I was actually incredibly shocked to find that the city manager's recommendations not only included nothing from that model, but he actually felt the need to openly and publicly degrade it. So I was just going to suggest, as you are all thinking about, you know, his recommendations, you might want to actually ask your city manager why he felt the need to denigrate a model that has not only been suggested by many, many community members, but also has been favored by yourselves. I mean, I think that's a reasonable question to ask him. Thank you. Thank you, Nicholas. Would anyone else like to address council? If so, please raise your hand. Seeing no one. All right, we are going to move on to 10A. Um, our plan in the zone of matters of 10, and the first item there is 10A, which is the Carson Farm Annexation. This is a resolution to annex approximately 196.17 acres of land located west of Highway 218 and south of Rorick Road. And um, the applicant refer request deferral Additional correspondence included in the 1214 late handouts uh, gave us some information there. Could I get a motion to defer to one to January 5th, 2021? So moved, ma'am. Second, Weiner. All right. Would anyone from the public like to address this topic? If so, please raise your hand and I will call upon you. If you're on the phone, press star nine. And we ask that people keep their comments three to five minutes. Welcome, Nicholas. Uh, thank you again, Mayor. I guess I could have included this in my earlier comments, but I wanted it to be attached to the specific issue at hand. Um, I don't really have a lot to say that I haven't said in the past, so I'm, I'm going to be brief. Um, I would actually like to personally thank uh, Councillors Thomas and you yourself, Mayor, for actually debating this issue and for doing something that I think is really important because 
in the discussion uh, in the work session about this annexation, um, several people tried to make it seem as if like, oh, well, you know, this is just this stage of the process. You know, this is just a limited thing. It's not a limited thing. What both of you recognized quite astutely is that in fact, this is what gets the whole process underway in the first place. That by doing this and by the city actually committing to, you know, provide infrastructure and to annex this to, you know, included in the city quite literally, like that gets the ball rolling and that's what actually ends up committing the city to a lot of decisions that later down the line you may not necessarily want to make and i actually wanted to praise both of you for recognizing that fact and actually trying to think through what the ramifications of these decisions are and so thank you that's it thank you nicholas would anyone else like to address uh, this topic if so please raise your hand sarah baron welcome Hi, Council. Um, Mayor Teague, I love your tie. Um, I just wanted to emphasize a point that was raised by Councillor Weiner um, and, and reinforced by um, City Attorney Dilks that um, you will have many opportunities to weigh in on this project. But um, if you do the annexation on the 5th, you will be agreeing to the current terms of the annexation policy, which will mean that you'll ask the developer to commit 10% of the units to affordability for a period of 20 years. Um, that may be what you wanna go forward with. But if it isn't, I think it's worth considering um, a review of that before you make that decision because that will govern um, what you can ask for from the future. And so I don't want to see that opportunity squandered if you want to put additional um, requirements or restrictions on the annexation that you're offering. Um, I think there's a lot of wonderful potential here to consider. We're really looking forward on partnering with it. Um, I can't speak for our nonprofit partners, but I will say that I think you have some nonprofit developers in the area who would be more than happy uh, to work with the developer to create some really outstanding um, affordable housing opportunities in the neighborhood if you choose to go that route, um, but we'll want to have the strongest foundation possible to build on. Um, and so I just wanted to remind you of that and offer that if you'd like to discuss that in more detail before your January 5th meeting, well, we would be very glad to do that. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Would anyone else like to address this topic? Please raise your hand if so. Seeing no one, council discussion. I'm gonna do a voice vote on this. So all in favor say aye. Um, aye. We just saw Martha <laughs> raise her hand. I think with Zoom, we're in the we're in the middle of a vote. <laughs> so all in favor say aye one more time. Aye. 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 Any opposed? Hearing no one, um, uh, it passes five to zero. Uh, we're gonna move on to item number 10B. This is Carson Farm rezoning. Um, and this is an ordinance conditionally rezoned at approximately 1.96.17 acres of land located west of Highway 218 and south of Rupert Road from county residential and county urban residential to interim development, single family residential zone. And I'm going to open the pub public hearing. 
All right, and public discussion, and Martha, welcome. Thank you, I wasn't quick enough on the draw. <laughs> um, I am glad that this uh, annexation and rezoning are getting uh, more scrutiny. Um, as you all know that my, my commitment in every aspect of my life is to think about how we can address environmental issues that we've kind of created for ourselves. And so when I look at this annexation and the rezoning, I want to circle back to a conversation that got started with uh, Mayor Throgmorton uh, last fall, uh, which is to question single family zoning as a concept. Uh, the city of Minneapolis has done away with single family zoning. Now, when I say get rid of single family zoning, that doesn't mean just go to multifamily. Um, it means allow, there's, a, there's a, a list of ways that you can consider this. Um, and in different types of neighborhoods, you might do it differently. But when you get away from single family zoning, you could do a, a duplex or a triplex. And currently those are only allowed in corner lots in certain areas. And if you look at the documents that were prepared uh, by the city, you can see that there's almost no duplex permits being issued. And when you have single family zoning on large lots, that means houses that are 300,000, 400,000, $500,000. So you've got a, an economic equity issue there when you're not only allowing these large lots, medium lots, and single family units. So by introducing more diversity, you're actually reducing some of those unit costs so you can have more economic diversity in your community. The other piece is uh, if you wanna do a little research on our current way of doing subdivisions, it's deeply embedded in classism and racism. So if you do a search for history, single family zoning racism, or history, single family zoning classism, you're gonna find in pretty short order that this vision of the American dream that has been pushed on us was actually created to to exacerbate uh, classism and racism. Now, I'm not saying that our current approach inherently does that, but I'm saying that it, it creates the opportunity to not make it better or possibly make it worse. And then there's the environmental piece, because when you space units further apart, you've got more linear feet of sewer, more linear feet of water, you've got trash trucks have to travel further, human beings have to travel further between units, there's more lawn to mow, um, there's more concrete to pour, it's tremendously inefficient. And these types of developments tend to promote and even uh, codify the requirement for large units which larger units use more materials and require more energy to operate. So you've got, you've got knock-on effects from an environmental standpoint. And then there's the cost issue to the city because the city absolutely does not charge enough for, for the extension of sewer and water and roads to cover your cost for maintaining these spread out units. They're very inefficient. And if you look at studies 
of the income from tax revenue in communities, these types of neighborhoods are terrible. They're a big drain on city services. So I think you need to step back and do a serious reevaluation. I'm very concerned about the comprehensive plan because I currently have not, I am not aware of, I'm not saying it hasn't been done, but I am not aware of, of an analysis of the comprehensive plan through the lens of race, of class, and of the environment. And if we don't start looking at our planning through those lenses, we're not gonna change the way we do it. You can't just keep, you know, chugging these units out like it was like, like they didn't have any impact. They have a big impact. And so the last closing thing I wanna say is that I remember one of the council members last year when this came up, when Throgmorton said, maybe we need to allow duplexes and triplexes by right rather than by exception, the comment was, well, this is gonna be hard. Yeah, it's gonna be hard because you have comfortable people who want to continue being comfortable and they wanna live their comfortable lives in the way that they're used to without having to question things. And it's your job looking forward and forecasting and looking at the broader community. It is your, your position where you have that ability to look more broadly at the impacts of what you're doing. And sometimes you're gonna have to say no to the comfortable people when they ask to not be made uncomfortable because chances are high that when you make choices to keep the comfortable people comfortable, that there are unintended consequences for people who are already uncomfortable. And when we start looking hard at these issues of social equity and environmental equity, we have to start challenging the comfortable people. And I know it's gonna be hard, but I know you're up to the task. Thank you. Thank you, Martha. Uh, John Yap, uh, welcome. Sorry, I had to unmute. Uh, good evening, Mayor, members of council. Um, just to be clear and to reiterate the documents we have submitted, our request is, is not for single family zoning. Our request is for a mixed use, mixed income neighborhood, um, working for two or three years with planning staff to design that neighborhood. Uh, with that, we have requested deferral tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Would anyone else like to address this topic? If so, please raise your hand or on the phone, press star nine. Seeing no one council discussion. Could I get a motion to continue the public hearing and defer first consideration to January 5th, 2021. So moved, Taylor. Second, Mims. And I'm gonna do a voice vote. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes five to zero. Isn't it six? I'm sorry. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Mayor, I think. Six to zero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, item number 10C. Mayor. 
Yes. Could we accept correspondence for 10A? Absolutely. We're going to go back to 10A. Um, I was trying to get Martha coming up there. <laughs> so 10A, uh, can I get a motion to accept correspondence, please? So moved, Fergus. Second, Weiner. And all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes six to zero. Item 10C, rezoning at 400 North Clinton Street and 112 East Davenport Street. Ordinance conditionally rezoning approximately 12,000 square feet of land located at 400 North Clinton Street and 112 East Davenport Street to planned high density multifamily residential. And uh, can I get a motion to give second consideration? Move second consideration, Thomas. Second, Fergus. All right, and would anyone from the public like to address this topic? If so, please raise your hand and keep your comments three to five minutes, please. Seeing no one, council discussion. Roll call, please. I'm here. Mims? Yes. Lee? Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Weiner? Yes. Fergus? Yes. Motion passes six to zero. Could I get a motion to accept correspondence? So moved, Weiner. Second, Mim. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes six to zero. Item 10D, zoning code amendment PRM zone bonus provisions ordinance. This is an ordinance to amend Title 14 zoning to allow minor adjustments and plan high density multifamily residential zones for new construction projects, which involve preserving a, a separate historic structure. Uh, can I get a motion for a second consideration? So moved, Burgess. Second, Taylor. And would anyone from the public like to address this topic? If so, please raise your hand. Seeing no one, council discussion. Roll call, please. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Weiner? Yes. Fergus? Yes. Mims? Yes. Motion passes six to zero. Item 10E rezoning four acres at Myrtle Avenue and South Riverside Drive. Ordinance conditionally rezoning approximately four acres of land located at Myrtle Avenue and South Riverside Drive to Riverfront Crossings, West Riverfront District Zone. And the applicant has requested expedited action um, and the correspondence was in our council packet. I move that the rule requiring that ordinances must be considered and voted on for passage at two council meetings prior to the meeting at which it is to be finally passed be suspended that the second consideration and vote be waived, that the ordinance be voted on for final passage at this time. Second. Uh, Moved uh, move by ma'am, seconded by Thomas. And would anyone from the public like to address this topic? 
If so, please raise your hand. Welcome, Angie Jordan. Can you hear me okay? Yes, we can. Okay, I could be totally wrong on this part. So if it is, let me know. Um, the South Riverside Drive uh, rezoning, I just wanna just express how exciting it is to see that area uh, getting rezoned. I think this is the part that's having uh, consideration for the tunnel. Um, I believe that's right, and I think that's super exciting. I just want to remind council and all those listening that on the south side, we also would love to learn more about this process for that Highway 6 and um, getting access, business access, neighborhood access. They're going to have so much with that um, entry exit access point, and I think that's absolutely awesome and just want to make sure that we get some uh, information so that we can maybe do the same thing one day uh, in our side of the town. Thank you. Thank you. Would anyone else like to address this topic? Council discussion? Roll call, please. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Miner? Yes. Fergus? Yes. Mims? Yes. Salih? Oops, sorry. Motion passes six to zero. And can I get a motion to pass and adopt? So moved. Second, Weiner. Would anyone from the public like to address this topic? Council discussion. Roll call, please. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Weiner? Yes. Fergus? Yes. Hams? Yes. Taylor. Yes. Motion passes six to zero. Motion to accept correspondence. So moved, Mims. Second, Fergus. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes six to zero. Item number 10F. Zoning code amendment changes to the riverfront crossings, West Riverfront sub-district ordinance. And this is an ordinance to amend Title 14 zoning to expand the West Riverfront sub-district boundaries and to increase the maximum bonus height in the West Riverfront sub-district to seven stories for properties north of and near the Iowa Interstate Railroad. And the applicants have requested expedited action. I move that the rule requiring that ordinances must be considered and voted on for passage at two council meetings prior to the meeting at which it is to be finally passed be suspended, that the second consideration vote be waived, that the ordinance be voted on for final passage at this time. Second, Taylor. Would anyone from the public like to address this topic? If so, please raise your hand. Welcome, Martha. And we ask that people keep their comments three to five minutes. Hi, so while I'm, uh, on the phone, I th thought I would take the opportunity to mention that the density bonus um, can be awarded based on a number of criteria. And I'm sure you all acutely remember this um, from the Court Street project. At this time, the Riverfront Crossings uh, density bonus does not require 
certain energy performance standards to achieve uh, receive a density bonus. You have a menu of options. This stands in stark contrast to the TIF requirements that says you must meet this level of energy efficiency. Um, I think it's high time that the council apply the same criteria, basically just translate over that TIF criteria uh, to the river front crossings. And I know the city manager wants to go through a whole process, but we already went through that process for the TIF component with the developers, with uh, interested parties in the community. I, you're not, it, it's been litigated in the public, so to speak, in the TIF process. It would be a pretty straightforward option to just say, look, we're gonna apply the same criteria here to the density bonus. And I think it's overdue to have this conversation. So I encourage you to press for this conversation. And I will remind you that the council members have the option to just choose to vote to make this decision and uh, to, to say, we're not gonna wait to reopen this public comment process that we've already invited the stakeholders to on one occasion. Just translate over the policy for the density bonus. And if you're gonna expand your zone with an increased density bonus, it just increases the need and importance for that um, energy requirement tied to any density bonus just like affordable housing is tied to any density bonus. Thank you. Thank you, Martha. Would anyone else like to address this topic? Welcome. And this is, um, and I am- Stephen Cuban. What, please uh, state your name in uh, first Stephen, and last name. Stephen Cuban. Representation of the zoning laws um, in Colorado, they have done something similar to the affordable housing as well. It did not turn out well. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Thank you, Stephen. Would anyone else like to address this topic? Council discussion. Roll call, please. Thomas. Yes. Weiner. Yes. Fergus. Yes. Mims. Yes. Taylor. Yes. T. Yes. Motion passes six to zero. Could I get a motion to pass and adopt? So moved, Mims. Second, Thomas. Anyone from the public like to address this topic? Council discussion? Roll call, please. Weiner? Yes. Fergus? Yes. Mims? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Motion passes to zero. Item 10G is French Area Rezoning Rapid Creek Road Northeast. Letter to Johnson County Planning and Zoning Commission in support of a rezoning from County Agricultural to County Residential for approximately 40.62 acres of property located in unincorporated Johnson County, south of the Rapid Creek Road Northeast and Rapid Creek Trail Northeast interstate intersection and fringe area A outside of Iowa City's growth area. 
Can I get a motion to approve? So moved, Mims. Second, Thomas. And staff presentation. Thank you, Mayor, Council, Danielle Sitzman, Neighborhood Development Services. This is an application for a rezoning shown in the dotted white line here. If you're not familiar with those uh, street intersections, is generally north of I-80 and east of Highway 1. Um, at this time, Yellow Rock LLC, the property owner, would like to rezone the parcel to develop a county subdivision. Um, because this uh, land is subject to our, fringe, our current fringe area agreement, it's coming before you tonight for recommendation to the county on that rezoning decision. Um, if the rezoning is approved, the applicant intends to develop a county subdivision and divide land and the land into approximately seven single family lots. Um, city approval of that subdivision would uh, be a separate application and also subject to our fringe area agreement. Um, this property is, as I mentioned, within the fringe area, area A. It is outside the city's growth area um, located in this portion of the city, a portion of our fringe area agreement, I should say. Um, the current comprehensive plan for Johnson County calls for it to be um, agricultural uses, a very limited residential development, um, 40 acres or larger in size. So this would be a change um, from the existing conditions. Um, talking a little bit about the existing conditions, this shows the surrounding county zoning. Um, it's currently agriculturally zoned and they're requesting to change it to a county rural zoning designation. A um, little bit of context, um, the southern half of the property is woodlands, um, natural open space and contains a creek with a, a floodway uh, associated with it. Um, development would have to respect those um, flooded areas and cluster away from that. Um, we do use two criteria for re reviewing uh, rezonings. Again, our fringe area agreement um, in Botify, uh, uh, representing the comprehensive planning uh, perspective from the city. We also look at the county's comprehensive planning and compatibility with the neighborhood. Um, as I said, our fringe area agreement is the component, uh, component of the city's comprehensive plan. It applies to areas outside of the city's jurisdiction that we don't uh, plan for in our district or sub-district plans, does provide guidance for areas within two miles of the city's corporate limits. I also mentioned we looked at the county's comprehensive plan. Um, the county, county has recently updated its comprehensive plan, so it's a bit out of touch with our current fringery agreement, which we're currently updating with um, county staff and will eventually get to a, a new fringery agreement for you to adopt. Um, this shows the areas that the county has included in their long-range planning as appropriate for residential. Again, the subject property is highlighted in that green color. Um, this would result in um, residential development of a character fairly similar to what's in the vicinity already, which is larger lot rural uh, development. I'm sorry, back up a slide. No. Sorry about that. Um, as I said, uh, the county's comprehensive plan is a little bit more current than our current fringery agreement. So there's a bit of a conflict. However, looking forward to what staff has anticipated the revised fringery agreement would uh, embody. We don't see that as a, a long-term conflict. This area is well beyond the city's intended growth boundary and would be appropriate for county style um, residential development. As I said, um, this does go on, proceed on to the county for final approval. They go through a recommendation process with their planning and zoning commission as well before the board of supervisors. Um, and so based on a review of the relevant criteria, including 
the future land use planning that the county has done and that staff is currently, city staff is currently working with the county to update our fringe area agreement. We did recommend approval of the proposed rezoning at its December 3rd meeting, the planning and zoning commission concurred with that and also recommended approval to you tonight. I'm happy to answer questions. No questions, all right. Um, would anyone from the public like to address this topic? If so, please raise your hand and keep your comments three to five minutes. Welcome, John. Sorry, I was muted. Uh, John Yap representing the applicant here to address any questions. Any questions to the applicant? Hearing none, and I believe we have Stephen. Welcome, Stephen. How you doing? My question is, is you guys have further development uh, standards you guys are going to comply with, or is this going to be a continuous thing? Uh, I, I'm sure members of the community would like to know what's going to happen with their areas or if any new monetary value is going to be added to their houses or taken away. And Stephen, just so that you know, typically a developer, we uh, allow counselors to ask questions, um, but anyone from the public that would like to address the topic, um, we just ask for you to give your comments um, on this item. But we heard you and thank you for sharing. Would you like to add anything else? Thank you, Stephen. Would anyone else like to address this topic? Council discussion? Basically, to be clear, and I'm still not 100% clear on what uh, uh, on um, on the fringe areas, but it sounds as if basically this is not something that we really have any say over. Is that correct? But that we're just sort of being consulted because it's in this fringe area, but it's not within our projected growth areas? We don't make the final decision. I mean, we weigh in, we can weigh in on it and uh, let the county know our thoughts, but um, it, the decision lies with them. Thank you. Any other comments? Hearing none, roll call please. Burgess? Yes. Mims? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Weiner? Yes. Motion passes six to zero. Item number 11, Idlewild Drainage Diversion. Resolution approving project manual and estimate cost for the construction of the Idlewild Storm Water Drainage Diversion Project. Establish amount of bid security to accompany each bid, directing city clerk to post notice to bidders and fixing time and place for receipt of bids. I'm gonna open the public hearing. And staff presentation, please. Hello, I'm Jason Reichart, Senior Civil Engineer at the City of Iowa City. Excuse me. Um, so this is a presentation for the Idlewild Stormwater Drainage Diversion Project. 
Uh, to give you a little background on the project, after the 2008 flood, um, we experienced uh, some inundation on Foster Road that prevented access to critical infrastructure and neighborhoods in the peninsula area um, and access to our wells, our water wells. Um, Stanley Consultants completed a study in 2009 evaluating potential flood mitigation options for this area. Following that study, we uh, hired HDR um, and they <clears throat> looked at, excuse me, uh, the feasibility and impacts of constructing the various flood mitigation alternatives discussed in the Stanley um, report. And from those results, HDR recommended rerouting offsite drainage to uh, around Idlewild um, to alleviate pumping needs and reduce the risk of flooding caused by locally heavy rains. Uh, council then directed staff to evaluate the drainage area flowing into the Idlewild subdivision and determine the best method to reroute the offsite stormwater based on HDR's recommendation. Um, in the current project, um, we hired HR Green to complete a study of the drainage system. Approximately 80 acres drains into the Idlewild subdivision um, and determine uh, bypass alternatives that could be used. Uh, like I said, they evaluated this watershed and identified deficiencies within the existing storm sewer system and developed two alternatives at a preliminary level. Um, we then continued working with HR Green to evaluate the results of that study, determine the best alternative, and design that desired alternative. Uh, the alternative that we arrived at was essentially an open swale, as you can kind of see on the image on the right, um, with storm piping uh, going under Foster Road and Taft Speedway. This project will uh, also include a bid alternate of a small pump station. Um, throughout the study phases, uh, we've conducted a, a number of public meetings um, with the surrounding neighborhoods and uh, interested parties. Um, city staff has also met with the Ottawa Wild HOA and the Forest View developers to discuss stormwater concerns related to the existing and anticipated post-development stormwater management uh, in the watershed north of Idlewild that drains to the subdivision. As a part of these discussions, there's particular interest from the neighborhood to include a pump station with the project. And as I said, we are including that as a bid alternate with this. Um, so the stormwater diversion portion of the project is funded by the stormwater utility. <clears throat> and again, city plans to include a small pump station as a bid alternate. And I'd like to make uh, the distinction at this point that um, the stormwater diversion addresses flooding concerns uh, in the storm sewer system as part of a locally heavy rainstorm. The pump station would be part of a larger flood mitigation system that would work in tandem uh, and, and be more beneficial during river flood events. And based on the consultant's recommendation, a pump station isn't necessarily uh, required to um, for the, the diversion portion of the project. However, like I said, as, as part of a larger flood fighting um, effort, a pump station could be beneficial. So as I've stated, uh, the diversion portion of the project is funded by the stormwater utility. 
Um, and then based on how bids come in, any extra funds will be used um, is uh, funding towards the pump station if the budget allows. Um, and if there is a funding shortfall, depending on, again, how bids come in, uh, we have uh, discussed potential funding agreement with Idlewild HOA to cover the difference. And with that, if there's any questions. Uh, thank you, Jason. Here are no questions. Would anyone from the public like to address this topic? If so, raise your hand and keep your comments through the five minutes, please. Welcome, Terry. Yes, hello. Hello. Yeah, great. Um, so I'm Terry Chait, and I, I own several condos at Idlewild, and I've been active in that community since its inception. The original developers at Idlewild in the early 1990s worked closely with the city to design a water control system that would move excess rainwater through a retention area on the corner of the Idlewild property into their newly built ponds and then through underground pipes and it would move that water into the river. For many years, that system worked just fine, but over time, then, as, as Jason talked about, there was more construction in the surrounding area up on the peninsula. And as streets and sidewalks and buildings went up, more water runoff was increased in the development at Idlewild. <clears throat> this was especially problematic in 2008 when Idlewild experienced catastrophic flooding, which was brought about by several events at the same time, not just by the runoff, but by um, the overtopped reservoir, which happened because there was so much rain coming down from the north um, in the river. There was heavy rains for weeks. The river was backed up and clogged at the Park Road Bridge area. And there was a coffer dam in the Iowa River and at, the, at Iowa Avenue. And there was the runoff from the bluffs that are about 80 acres north of Idlewild. The good news is that there's so much that has happened since then. The Idlewild owners um, financed and built a berm around the development. They installed sluice gates, which, which shut off the water pipes between the Idlewild ponds and the river so that the river water can't back back up into the ponds and flood Idlewild. Um, the city has raised Park Road Bridge. You know, that um, has allowed for easier flow of, of the river and hopefully less debris to get clogged in that area. The coffer dam is gone out of Iowa from Iowa Avenue. So all of those things are great. And tonight to have this this last piece starting to fall into place is wonderful. We're just, we are, um, all of us at Idlewild are very excited to see this final piece of the project happening that, that will hopefully help control the water in this area. And we'd like to thank the city planners and engineers who had the insight to develop the project. And thank you to the mayor and the city council for putting aside funding and discussing and supporting this project. We appreciate it very much. Thank you, Terry. Would anyone else like to address this topic? 
Welcome, Tammy. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Uh, my name is Tammy Kraft. I'm the current president of the Idlewild Condominium Owners Association. And I just wanted to briefly echo Terry's comments and express our appreciation and our excitement that this project is continuing, diverting this runoff water um, away from Idlewild would be a huge uh, improvement to our area during heavy rainfalls. And we thank you and urge council approval of this next step. Thank you, Tammy. Would anyone else like to address this topic? All right, seeing no one, I am going to close the public hearing. Can I get a motion to approve? So moved, Weiner. Second, Taylor. Moved by Weiner, seconded by Taylor. Council discussion? Well, I, I will be in support of this. I'll, I'll have to say over the years, my 11 years on council, I've certainly had a lot of conversations and meetings uh, with members of the Idlewild uh, area. And this, this is a huge, huge piece for them. And as they indicated, to finally get this final piece in place. It's been certainly a challenge um, over the years in terms of responsibility on various issues. And I'm glad that our city staff and the members of that development have been able to work together and get this final piece in place and that we hopefully will be willing to uh, support that funding so we can get this done and protect that area. I want to thank uh, Jason for his presentation. And I'm also like Susan, I'm, I'm very glad and happy uh, to see this. It's a, a much needed project uh, for a long time, uh, as we'd heard from the neighbors in that area, uh, a big improvement for this neighborhood and, and very happy to see it and vote for it. I'm gonna support this tonight as well. Um, I think my question went to who's responsible, you know, and so, uh, what I do know is that when when I heard about, um, which was presented very um, um, uh, informatively by Terry about all the things that happen that contribute to the flooding over in, in, in this area. And so um, the city did a lot of investment. We raised the uh, Park Road Bridge and did other things to really ensure that um, some of the issues with the water over in this area are at bay. Um, and Jason did a great job, even though he farmed through his uh, beard a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so I'm going to support this tonight. All right. Roll call, please. Mims? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Weiner? Yes. Fergus? Yes. Motion passes six to zero. Item 12, unbiased policing. This is an ordinance uh, and it is up for pass and adopt. Could I get a motion, please? So moved, Thomas. Second, Taylor. And would anyone from the public like to address this topic? Welcome, Nicholas. Um, I'm just going to 
beat the dead horse again. Um, I'll just reiterate the same points that I made last time, even though I know you're all going to pass this anyway. Um, I would like to reiterate that every single one, as your as you, your own city manager's um, summary statement about this ordinance says very clearly, all of these policies were already in place when literally last year an ICPD police officer racially profiled a black man. So egregiously, and in cahoots with a county attorney, no less, so egregiously that a federal judge felt the need in public court to scold both of them for what they had done. That's almost unheard of. So, I mean, you're going to pass it. I'm, I, I can't change your mind. No one can change your mind. You all think that this is a great idea, but it's, it's, it's not going to do anything. And then I wish you guys would understand that. Thank you. Thank you, Nicholas. Would anyone else like to address this topic? All right. Kevin Sanders, welcome. Hello, Mr. Mayor. How are you? Happy, to, happy you're with us tonight. <laughs> uh, thank you. As president of the Iowa City NAACP, I would like to state at this time that we are definitely in support of the city moving forward with this ordinance. And I would also like to reiterate that this is just the first step. I have been meeting with the interim chief as well as the other chiefs throughout the county. And there are plans to address a lot of the concerns in regards to the discrimination, racial profiling, and I will also say that I would see law enforcement has had their issues, but I do know that they are trying their best to make sure that preventative measures are in place for 2021. So on that note, I'm very in support of passing this ordinance and that's all I have to say. Thank you. Would anyone else like to address this topic? Seeing no one, council discussion. I'm very much in support of this. I think it speaks to the values of our city um, and our, our staff and our, and I believe our police department um, without any, without addressing any, it, the individual instance, I think you can express your values and have it very important to put that out there publicly and in this form. Um, it doesn't mean that we accept when people don't do the right thing, but simply because there might be a case someone not doing the right thing is not a reason to not pass something like this that strongly expresses our values and how we want things to, to work with our officers and their interaction with the public. So I strongly support this. All right, I'm gonna agree with Councilor Mims 100%. I believe that this speaks to our values. Um, and I, I, and I'm, when we're talking about equitable treatment, uh, if you read the ordinance, it really does uh, talk about how we envision and what we plan to do. And so this is right up the line as to what I believe ours 
of what we want our Iowa City to look like, how we want our Iowa City police to operate, and very much so in support of this. Um, and um, hopefully, uh, as it has in the past, it has passed. So that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm also very much in favor of this because I think it is very important to to have it uh, codified into an ordinance and, and have it right there in black and white. So I'm, I'm in favor of this. Roll call, please. Taylor. Yes. Teague. Yes. Thomas. Yes. Weiner. Yes. Fergus. Yes. Mims. Yes. Motion passes six to zero. Item number 13, announcement of vacancies new. Applications must reside in, applicants must reside in Iowa City and be 18 years of age unless specific qualifications are stated. And this is a senior center commission, one vacancy to fill an unexpired term upon appointment through December 31st, 2022. And applications must be received by 5 p.m. January 26th, 2021. Can I get a motion to approve the correspondence? So moved. Second, Thomas. And all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes six to zero. Item 14, announcements of vacancies previous. Applicants must reside in Iowa City and be 18 years of age unless specific qualifications are stated. Parks and Recreation Commission one vacancy to fill an unexpired term. Applications must be received by 5 p.m. December 29, 2020. Airport Zoning Board of Adjustment, one vacancy to fill a five-year term. Board of Adjustment, one vacancy to fill a five-year term. Board of Appeals, Licensed Electrician, one vacancy to fill a five-year term. Historic Preservation Commission, East College Street, one vacancy to fill a three-year term. Historic Preservation Commission, Northside, one vacancy to fill a three-year term. Historic Preservation Commission Woodlawn, one vacancy to fill an unexpired term. Parks and Recreation Commission, one vacancy to fill a four-year term. Senior Center Commission, one vacancy to fill a three-year term. Telecommunications Commission, one vacancy to fill a three-year term. Vacancies will remain open until filled. We are at item number 15, with this, which we will welcome Ryan Longnecker. If he is present, or Anna, I don't see them tonight there with uh, University of Iowa student government. And of course we wish all of our university uh, students uh, a nice little break for those that um, aren't continuing <laughs> in some fashion um, for a little bit over the winter. And we're at item number 16, city council updates. Jump right in there counselors. Well, I'll start then, uh, because uh, I, this is fresh on my mind. I uh, Earlier uh, this afternoon, I had the opportunity to tour the uh, streets, public works facility, and fire training tower out on Napoleon Drive. Uh, thank you to Brock, and uh, I, I don't remember the other uh, 
person's names. There was a group of us there uh, from the different uh, heads of the uh, departments at the building there. Uh, it, it's just an amazing facility. For those of you who have not been out there, uh, I would encourage you to arrange a tour of it. It's just massive. And I, I just think that uh, the entire grounds area uh, was in the council um, uh, budget a uh, few years back, and I was part of that, and, and I just say it's money well spent. It's just a wonderful facility. Uh, a, a lot of thought and planning went into it, and it's just very impressive. Uh, so thank you, uh, Brock and Ron, as I said, but I'm sorry I don't remember the other names of the other individuals, uh, but do take take the time to, to take a tour of that facility. It, it's really wonderful. Um, uh, the other thing I'd like to say with the holidays coming upon us very quickly, uh, there's still time to buy local, buy local out there. A lot of the, a lot of the stores, local stores even have online options, uh, but others of them uh, are allowing uh, folks to come in with a mask, a limited number of folks in there, but, but uh, do that. There's some wonderful shops downtown and in the local area and happy holidays. Mayor, I just wanted to note that our Truth and Reconciliation Commission is getting underway. And I know we already have members of the commission who are active and, and you know, sort of holding that mantle as commissioners and representing us very well in, in the community. So I'm just very excited for that work to get underway. And I just really appreciated our work session this evening and just want to say as we end the year, Black Lives Matter. And I'm so excited to continue our commitment heading into 2021. Thank you. Um, I um, thank you for that, Councillor Burgess. I, I would actually just like to recognize the passing of Marvin Bell. Um, he was the, he, he, he died yesterday. He was the first, sorry, there's a dog barking in the background. Can't do anything about that. He was the first um, poet laureate of Iowa. He wrote more than 20 books of poetry and taught for 40 years at the Iowa Writers Workshop. Um, and, and he also um, wrote a poem that was part of the submission for Iowa City's application to be a UNESCO uh, city of literature. And I consider reading the poem. I don't think I'm going to do that this evening. But, um, but he, he was a really meaningful voice and presence in this community for many years. You know, I'll just comment, I, I don't know why, I just kind of skipped my mind that this actually was our last meeting of 2020 until <laughs> Councilor Burgess said that. And I do want to wish everybody all the best uh, through the remainder of the year. I know most of us are anxious to put 2020 behind us and um, for a much better year as the vaccine is rolling out. Um, and what that will mean for our economic situation. Um, but in the meantime, encourage everyone to, you know, stay safe, continue to mask up, socially distance. Um, I've talked to people recently who are uh, really sad, very, very sad about the holidays, um, not getting together with family when they always get together. And so this is a real challenge for people. Um, and I, as I've said to people, and, and I've, we've all heard and read, you know, we, we stay apart now so we can be together in the future. We don't want to get, you know, our friends and family sick and lose them. So we need to tough it out for a few more months until we can get more and more people vaccinated. And uh, hopefully by late spring, early summer, uh, things will look a lot different in the meantime. 
thank you to all of our city staff who have done just an incredible job in the last, gosh, what have we been now? Nine or 10 months basically doing this. And uh, while I know we'll discuss it at our next meeting, I, I do just wanna say to Jeff, thank you very much to you and all of the staff who put together uh, just an incredible document for the community and for us as counselors to um, digest and react to in terms of policing in Iowa City. It's just a phenomenal document. Um, and there's no way we discussed early on who was going to do this. Um, and I'm very, very appreciative of the fact that you suggested and recommended that the staff do this because certainly um, reaching across all of your staff, there's the expertise and the deep thought um, that, us, that we as counselors could, could never have brought to the table. So you've given us a very, very good place and the community a very, very good place to start from. I hope people will take time over the holidays to read that and have an opportunity then to, to give us input over the next few months as we look at this. So thank you and best wishes for the rest of the year to everybody and we'll see you after the new year. I wanted to acknowledge that the Community uh, Foundation of Jones County celebrated their 20th year anniversary virtually. And so congrats to them. And if um, I think all of our counselors know that they, um, their presence in our community uh, allows a lot of not-for-profit work um, within our social services uh, uh, arena, as well as other arenas um, here locally. So we um, say congratulations to uh, the Community Foundation of Jones County uh, within their 20th year. Um, so the Bravo Awards happened, um, or, and maybe still happening, so I probably can't give too much information, but for anyone that has received a, a Bravo Award from Think Iowa City, uh, congratulations. I will acknowledge three people that I was, uh, that I attended, um, and that is uh, Kate Brown, who actually was very influential in getting a lot of the, uh, the literature out uh, uh, through social media and also on the website. Uh, through uh, Better Together. All of the uh, efforts relating to coronavirus, some um, business messaging uh, to uh, support local, which uh, Councilor Taylor just talked about uh, here recently. Uh, Jamie Powers, who is the owner of Deluxe Bakery, and uh, she even started, was a part of the Food for Love uh, here locally. And, I, and then another, the last person that I was a part of was, and actually the first person, was Supervisor Roy Sam Porter who is just awesome and amazing. And so uh, congrats to all of these individuals and to everyone out there that have or will be receiving a Bravo Award um, secretly. Um, other than that, um, yeah, that's all I want to say. And happy holidays to everybody uh, within our community. Mask up and stay safe. Can I make one more comment real quickly? I'm sorry. I I know everybody does a lot of giving at the end of the year, and that is absolutely wonderful. And I encourage everybody who possibly can to donate wherever their heart and mind takes them. I do want to mention one thing that depending on your news source, people may not have heard about, and that was the fire at the lodge, um, which is housing for six individuals who are men who have mental health issues. Um, it is part of the shelter house program. It's a, a very much a supportive environment. They, they came together through Shelter House 
to make this their home and to support each other and help each other and, and accept the social services and uh, support that Shelter House gave them. This is a devastating fire. Uh, fortunately, nobody was physically injured, but as you can imagine, for people who do have those kinds of mental health issues, this was um, an incredibly devastating and emotional issue for them. Uh, Shelter House um, is very much in need of uh, help to support them. Um, and so you can donate online. They, they are taking some, odd, some uh, gift cards, I think is maybe their first choice as well as cash to help these individuals. So if you hadn't heard about it and you're still um, looking for places to donate to before the end of the year, I would certainly encourage you to look at Shelter House and specifically for the residents of the lodge. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for raising that, Susan. Um, yeah. Fairweather, Fairweather Lodge is a, is a really important um, supportive community and it's really basically unlivable now. Yep. Thank you. All right, we are on to um, item 17. <laughs> and Jeff Ruin, any comments from you, our city manager? Not tonight, Mayor, thank you. All right. And our assistant city manager, Ashley. Hi, I just wanted to say thanks to council for all the work that you put in this year as well. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yes. Uh, Eleanor, our city attorney, city attorney. I'll just echo that. It's been a heck of a year and, and let's hope 2021 is on the uphill go. And I'm going to um, drive down Rita, Rita Lynn Lane or whatever the twinkly place is on my way home. Awesome. awesome. <laughs> I will probably be behind you. <laughs> all right. Um, city Clerk Kelly, thanks for all that you're doing in the background, keeping these Zoom meetings. But oh, well, well, hopefully nobody noticed that we had Zoom glitches tonight. So if you didn't, then we did our jobs. Thanks to <laughs> Lily for being my backup. <laughs> yes. Yes, thanks to uh, you and Lily for all the work you do to keep our Zoom meetings going. Um, so thanks to you all. All right, if nothing else, can I get a motion to adjourn? So moved, Taylor. Second, Fergus. All in favor for this being our last meeting for 2020, say aye. 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 Any opposed? We are done. Thanks to all of you, and we'll see you next year.